what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you respond. Are you Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com and I'm super excited. I've been waiting for this interview for like a really long time and I'm excited to have a very special guest, especially for the holidays, Miss at the, the ampersamp, right? Not ampersamp, but the at symbol, <laughs> ask food bitch, ask food bitch on Instagram. She is amazing. I've been following her for a really long time in Dallas. One of the things I did, and this is just a hot tip for anybody who's new or just trying to be hip um, to an area. When you go somewhere, always try to follow like the prominent people, the people who are out and about that have um, a lot of you know followers or who, who follow a lot of people and actually post a lot of stuff. And as I was going through and following like my favorite restaurants and bars and just different things and, and happenings in Dallas, um, because I was new to Dallas about what, like a year ago ish, a year and a half ago, um, ask food bitch came up because I love food. I love going out and like eating at new places and trying new restaurants. And she came up and I was like, um, obvi, I have to follow. So mm -hmm. I followed her and I've been following her journey, right? Her food journey. Literally it's a food journey, a journey of food, libations, cool places. And I've been following her for a while. And I'm, I'm a huge fan. I have to be honest. I'm a huge fan because the the photos are so good. You guys have to like open your phones right now and follow her ask food bitch on Instagram. Um, but the pictures are really, really great. And the stories are too, like your IG stories are great. But what I noticed is you don't have like any photos of yourself, or at least I haven't seen any photos of you anywhere, um, even on your blog. And I did a little reconnaissance at one point. I was like, okay, let me see if I can find her name before I send her this email and, and this introduction and all this info. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> and so I've been emailing back and forth, but Ask Food Bitch today is going to be going by RP. She has a little bit of an anonymous sort of tip to her, which I really do enjoy. Um, I don't know what she looks like um, and I, I don't know much about her. So um, as, as far as I know, I'm going to give my version and then I'm going to have her give hers, but I know Ask Food Bitch as a food foodie, a food blogger, um, a taste tester, and a really great photographer of food too, and somebody who just enjoys life. And she lives in Dallas. She's got a family. Um, I've seen her nail polish a couple times, like when she's put her hands in the, in the little stories, but that's it. Um, and she's been on a ton of publications. I think the list is quite long, actually. I've got the Dallas Observer, Where DFW, Active Networks, The Eater Dallas, which I actually follow them on IG too, Central Track, and a bunch of other places. So she's also worked with like actual brands. And I've seen some of these on your feed, um, 7-Eleven, Negro Modelo, PR1, Google Home, and um, Fossil, I think, and Mini Lux. I've seen you do like partnerships and stuff with. So really, really, really cool. So, okay. Okay. I'm going to stop talking. RP, please introduce yourself to the group. <laughs> if I missed anything and, and just give us your, your spiel. Okay. Um, well, hi. Um, so I, I am an anonymous blogger. Um, that's what we sort of 
say anonymous, <laughs> like anonymous, but different. Um, and um, that's because some people in town, I mean, it's just, it, I've been doing this for 10 years. So some people know who I am and some people don't. And it, the point is for me to be able to go into a restaurant and not be recognized and then treated differently so that I can give a accurate representation to people of the dining experience that they can expect if they go. Um, so I can tell people um, where they can, they should be spending their hard earned time and money and date nights and all of that and where they shouldn't waste it. Um, and that's really the whole point. And it's not really about me. It's about um, the people who are looking at my Instagram and who are looking at my blog and where they might want to go. Um, so about me, I'm a, I'm a writer. Um, I started in advertising and I work in advertising still as a freelancer. Um, and then I also do freelance food writing and the blog on the side. Um, and then um, I work as a freelance sort of influencer marketing um, strategist. So I do um, strategy when it comes to helping brands or PR agencies um, sort of navigate the very unknown waters of working with um, influencers, and which is, I think, really um, complicated. And I think something that we all need to do a better job of on both ends. <laughs> Nice. No, I agree. Um, so one thing that I, I, you mentioned 10 years, you've been doing this for 10 years. So have you been food blogging for 10 years? <laughs> um, well, I started on Twitter. So I actually just um, was blogging a different, like different kind, a different kind of blog. It was like a comedy blog about the economy called in this economy.com. Um, in 2008, some friends and I started that blog and you know how people used to say like in this economy, like you're going to, you're going to order, you know, you're going to get avocado like <laughs> in this economy um, back in the day when the economy was starting to suck and we all worked together and we were all a little worried about our jobs. So we ended up sort of doing that for fun, but also diversifying our skill set and making ourselves more appealing and a little less fireable or let goable um, or laid offable. Um, in the process. And we, and then I, we ended up speaking at South by Southwest, um, on the topic of citizen journalism, which was really cool. But, um, in the process of all of that, I also started a Twitter on the side just because I was enjoying sort of exploring the sort of snarky comedy voice. And that one, that was food bitch. That's how it was born. And it was just like, it was honestly just sort of born out of the idea that I could boss people around and tell people not to eat at um, chain restaurants. Like you can spend the same amount of money. You can have a great meal that there was no like microwave, microwave involved or um, plastic baggies or um, you know, you can have food that was prepared for you by maybe a mom and pop or just like better quality food in general um, for the same money and just have a better experience. And I wanted to help people find those. I love it. And I love the sass. I think the sass, the humor, the the sarcasm. I mean, that's my favorite part. I mean, obviously the food is is good too, but I think it adds a level of personability in my opinion and relatability and it just takes it from being like you know because in the I think in the beginning and I don't know when the beginning was but like back in the day food and you know food reviewing used to be by some like super square 
older yeah. white guy. And mm-hmm. I felt like, I, I don't know, I feel like that's been the, that's what people think when they think of yeah. like a food reviewer or a food critic. Flowery language and yeah, and the mouthfeel and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean is fine, I guess, but it's also like hella boring in my yeah, opinion. Place. <laughs> exactly. And that place is in like, a different place. I think when we look at mainstream media and like everyday folks. So, because I know I've never read like a food critic or something super mm-hmm. like fancy, you know, the guys in New York who do it. So I like this because it's again, personable, relatable, and something that I can actually go and do and it's local. So um, you're in Dallas. I'm not in Dallas in the moment, but you're in Dallas and I know where kind of to go. So mm-hmm. with the, the photos of it, I mean, did you learn how to take like really good pictures of food or is that something you had to like? I definitely had to learn and I, I use my iPhone. I don't, I don't have a professional camera, um, which I think a lot of people are surprised to see, but people who are professional would probably not be surprised to see, (laughs) to learn that. Um, but I take all my phone, my photos with my phone, um, mostly because I don't have the patience to wait to upload them. I want to you know, story, my um, little adventures right away. And I know that things will get stuck on an SD card forever if I take pictures with my camera and I'll never end up using them. Uh, I'm already behind. I might as well like, just <laughs> try to cut out the middleman as much as possible. Um, and also, um, I mean, if I went back to my first, you know, in my earliest Instagram photos, I would probably cringe and like shut my laptop. Um, but it was, it was dark and you would use filters and it was just a mess. And so, you know, slowly I sort of figured out how, how to compose, um, the shots a little better, how to use natural lighting and how to enhance the pictures a little later in post trying to bring out the colors. For one thing, I have like a terrible relationship with, um, with flash and using any kind of lighting that's not natural. So like I try to never do that. And if I do take a picture that's flash, it's usually someone else's flash that's just in my way. (laughs) And I just, um, I don't know, I'm not very good at it um, using flash appropriately. And I never like the way it looks even on other people's photos. Like I just have, I just like natural light. Now that said, we go out to eat all the time and now the sun sets at like, you know, two in the afternoon, it seems like. So it's hard to, it's hard to get, get good lit photos anymore, but I try to make it work. Yeah. Natural light is always the best light. Always. And I took a photography class a couple times, I think in college and they were always kind of anti-flash, like, Mm -hmm. please just use flash. as like a last resort. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in a dark place and you can't see anything, that's an, and then even then you've got to get creative with it. So yeah, I mean, kudos for that because Mm -hmm. taking photos is, is difficult and learning. I I think one thing that's important that you said was that in the beginning, it was kind of like, eh, like it was kind of, you'd be like embarrassed at this point, but that's honestly with, with anything. I feel like regardless of what people are out here trying to do or thinking for anybody who's trying to um, maybe put a blog together or start Mm -hmm. a business of some sort, or even just like work out, I think it's important to remember the journey is the fun part. And so when you start, it may look kind of rough like or really rough, but then you just have to keep going. And I get actually a lot of people who will DM me 
um, or email me and ask me like, Hey, what do I do? How do I get um, a lot of followers on Instagram? I'm like, I've had my food blog for two months and I'm waiting for, you know, to do some collabs. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, well, I want you to like, thank you for reaching out to me. Like I really do. I'm not going to begrudge anyone for trying to be awesome or, you know, you know, get followers and, and grow. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, look at how many posts I have. Like, I didn't like, obviously it's not like I would say like, I didn't do something right. But the other thing is like longevity. Like it's just been since Instagram like was created is how long I've been doing this. So like maybe your two months is maybe people just need to be a little more patient and sort of keep at it. They need to sort of, I think, focus on the, again, the journey and like the actual process, because it's not like people get way too ahead of themselves. That's so true. It's so true because it looks so easy. I mean, you know, people who've been doing it for so long, like yourself, I mean, you, you do, it looks easy. You're like, oh yeah, we can do that. I just got to like, you know, and then you, you yeah. think that way, right? Cause you get excited and you're like, yeah, I can see myself. Like you can literally see yourself doing something similar. And then you are like, okay, well, it's been like 45 minutes. Why don't I have 800,000 followers yeah. and people aren't running me over on the street trying to get, you know, my blank, whatever it is is and it's like yeah that's not I mean even when we think it think that we've got it figured out like friends of mine who have sort of similar followings and similar um, accounts um, we we still like we'll have some posts that bomb and we have no idea why and we're like okay cool guys (laughs) nobody's looking at it we don't matter we'll give up And then it's like, wait a minute, what is my life? Yeah. <laughs> like I post pictures of food, like I should get over myself. <laughs> but it's true. Like that's, that's something that does happen. You start to wonder, um, you know, when is it going to happen and why isn't it working the way that I thought it would or the way that I think it should. Yeah. So patience, patience. Yeah. I mean, you can't rush a good flambe or a good souffle, right? You have to, exactly. right? Because that would be really souffle. gross. I mean, it says, I am a souffle. Exactly. So, okay. So we talked about the, the page. So guys, if you, if you're not following or watching, um, ask food bitches, uh, snaps, or I call them snaps, but they're technically IG stories, whatever. Snapchat. No, I don't really snap. Snap. Once, once Instagram stories came out, I was like, yeah, bye-bye snap. What? I don't it for you anyway. <laughs> I still love Snapchat. Snapchat is always number one for me. When, I, IG's when just- I'm drinking, I do a little, I do tend to get on the Snapchat. Fun fact. <laughs> so that is a fun fact, but it's true because there's actually, it's a, I thought I was the only one who did that, but there's actually um, a meme and I, I'll have to send it to you, but it's like the top one is like me on Instagram stories. And it's like somebody in a car, like hanging out the window, just like smiling and posing. And then underneath it, it's like me later drunk in the parking lot on Snapchat. And the person's <laughs> like, oh my God, that's exactly how it is. It's exactly how it is. But the one thing that, um, I really do love, and I want you to talk a little bit about this is really the difference between like maybe your feed and your stories. So the stories are instant. So Mm -hmm. how do you kind of toggle and what do people get that's special from your stories that they wouldn't necessarily get from your, maybe your feed or from your actual blog? So, I mean, stories have changed so much since they were introduced, but I think it's really interesting um, that different, different accounts have different kinds of stories and people follow for different reasons. Um, 
I think at first stories were just like, I take so many photos, but not, but not all of them are quality enough to be a post. Post has to be like food porn times 10. And it has to be the picture. Like if you take 10 pictures, there's one that is like the one. Um, and that's the post. The rest are stories or there. I'm going to tell you more information about the place where I am. And that one is probably going to happen the day that I actually consume the food or go to the place. Um, whereas a post might happen um, the next day or up to, I don't even know how much later, a week, a month, whatever, a year later. <laughs> um, and so for stories, I think I also like play, I try to play with um, humor a lot more with like animations and GIFs that I add. Um, and I'm also not as, I don't care that much about adding fun filters and doing crazy things that would make like a designer cringe um, because I think it's just a lot more of a temporary medium. But I also really love the highlights feature in Instagram because I like to, um, I like the permanence of it because really the, the impermanence of stories is not my favorite thing um, because I feel like I'm working pretty hard and everything goes away. So instead I try to add things to my um, highlights. So when I visit a restaurant, basically every restaurant that I have a, a good amount of uh, content for will get its own highlight. Like if it's a, if it's a restaurant that I recommend um, that you visit, I've got a highlight across. Um, I think another really good um, recommendation for the use of highlights is to treat it like a navigation on a website. So you can make highlights that are about you, um, working with you, how to, how to work with you, um, a portfolio, depending on like what you're about. So I often recommend that people do that just because I think that it's a great way to substitute for a website. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's fun. I think it's fun, especially when people um, make those little graphics for the highlights. Cause I just think yeah, that's cute. Fun. Yeah. Aesthetically. Um, awesome. So I, when I lived in Dallas and I recently kind of moved, all my stuff is still kind of in Dallas, but um, when I lived there actively, I was in Deep Ellum mm -hmm. and I had never lived in Dallas before. And I wanted to live kind of near the city. That was the dream. Like penthouse like city I wanted a sick view um, parking like I had all these things on my list and one thing I loved about Deep Ellum is it was kind of walkable and the area is rapidly up and coming and right now the way that I lived on um, Live Oak and like Good Latimer I think mm -hmm. so it's a very thriving very thriving the one thing I didn't like about Deep Ellum was it felt like it felt kind of like Palm Springs where it was just not necessarily old Hollywood, but it just seemed old and deserted in a lot mm -hmm. of the areas of Deep Ellum, like certain streets. You'd be like, yeah, where is everybody at? Did everybody just leave? It felt like everybody had <laughs> kind of recently left. Um, but there were other parts of Deep Ellum that were thriving and just so cozy and welcoming. And there's a lot of good food. Um, and a lot of stuff that's very popular in Dallas is in Deep Ellum. So I definitely want you to talk a little bit about some of your, I don't know if, do you say your favorite places or do you have like a list of your favorites? I mean, I do. And I, I do, I have like a, um, on my blog, which my blog right now, unfortunately is sort of in a holding pattern because I'm about to launch a new format, mm -hmm. um, hopefully for the new year. Um, and, um, but I did have, and I still have it on there. It's not like it's dead or anything, but the, uh, a top 100 things to eat in Dallas, um, 
which um, my friend uh, whose blog is Oh Hey Dallas, she started that idea. And I was like, oh, I want to pick a hundred things that you have to eat. Um, and so that's more of the, the those are my favorites. Um, basically like things to try before you die type of thing. Um, and, um, and also if people ask me like, what's your favorite X, Y, Z, like what's your favorite burger top five, whatever I'll, I'm, I'm good at doing that. I just, mm -hmm. I'm terrible at like picking a favorite restaurant because <laughs> that's like t picking a favorite child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but in deep Ellum, I really like, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's tough to decide in places that I like closed too. I really liked Idle Rye before it closed, but my, um, one of my favorite places in deep Ellum is Niwa barbecue. Um, that's a Japanese barbecue where you get to like cook your own meat, which sounds very melting pot, but is absolutely not. Um, it's like much higher end and the meat quality is amazing. Like the owner will, he knows so much about the cows and like the process and like he will bring out like a laminated sheet of the cow snout print, which is like a fingerprint for a cow. And like, like tell you this whole like explanation of how all of that works. And it's really interesting. Plus they have a cocktail program that's out of this world mm -hmm. and their, their food is just fantastic. Every, t every time I go, it's great. Um, and they've been open a couple years. Um, and then another one in Deep Elm is Nori, which is a new um, hand roll bar. And that is fantastic. Um, chef Jimmy Park, he's the sushi chef there. And it is basically just a one room, like a shotgun style room, one sushi bar. And they, he makes you these hand rolls that are just like the freshest, most beautiful hand rolls. And then there's sashimi dishes and some other little bites. But it's just such an awesome experience to be at that bar. Um, I highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, so I didn't know Idle Ride closed. So no, I've been gone. Sad. I hate it when that happens. So I liked um, the Junction. Is uh -huh. that what it's called? Also closed, yeah. Yeah, they closed. I was so upset. Okay, so that place I went to and I had their um, French toast bake. I went for brunch with mm -hmm. one of my friends and it changed the game for me. And it's funny because I went three different, three or four different times and each time I got the same thing, um, but it was prepared different each time. Yeah. And yeah, and it was, so it was also a seasonal dish. So I think in the summer it was maybe apples and then in the fall it was something else. I can't remember, but it was such an incredible dish and I was so sad when they closed, but mm -hmm. Idle Rye is right across the street. So when you're there, yeah. you see um, Idle Rye in the corner. I did not know that. Yeah, they were really, that was a really good sort of gastropub style place. Yep. Yeah, I love it, that whole street. Not a restaurant, man. I, don't I know. know. I know. It's sad when things like that happen. It's like, you know, when your best friend like lives next door and they move, you're like, but no, don't leave me. And it makes um, me just want to rage out on like the, the places that are just so, so me mediocre that people frequent and mm -hmm. you're just like, I just wish that, you know, half of those people would go to a place that really needs their business. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we, I just keep fighting the good fight. So <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> I will help as much as I can. Cause yeah. you know, I had, I had a friend who, um, 
I went to college with at Howard in DC, but she, her family is from like the Dallas area and she grew up there and lived a lot of her life there. And even after college and we hung out a couple of times, just like, girl, I've done more stuff like in this city with you. Like I've explored more than I have in the last like 10 years. I'm like, okay, well, whose fault is that? You've got to get out there. You've been, I know. It's insane. And so that's why I think it's important to try new stuff. And one of my favorites, um, um, Indy Bellum, I liked, so again, I'm with you. I, it's hard to have a favorite restaurant because I like things for different reasons. Right. Um, and it, it, it is true that some of the mediocre places get a lot of hype um, right. because of the aesthetic or <laughs> hashtag aesthetic or because of something else. And um, it just, it, it does add a bunch of noise to the industries there. But um, I will say I did enjoy, um, what's the place on the other side of Idle Rye, the new place that's like super big? Vidora? Mm-mm. It's like MXX. Oh, Harlow. Harlow. <laughs> that has some aesthetic. That place is really gorgeous. It is so nice. And they have that like special bar trick pony yeah. that I am not cool enough to go to, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to try. I pretend. I I just like walked in one day and just like hung out and was like, Hey, I'm here. And the guys, they were, they were decent, but yeah. Um, (laughs) the food there, the food there was kind of expensive and, um, small portioned. I didn't have, I didn't see a lot on the menu that I was like, hell yeah, I want to order that. Um, but the cocktails were, were cool. I I definitely will say hashtag, hashtag aesthetic. And it's huge. The venue is huge. They've got two floors and rooftop and yeah. So, um, I will say for those of you in Dallas, definitely um, follow Ask Me Bitch just to see some new places to go, right? If anything else, find some new brunch spots, find, I think, some new dessert places or um, cafes. I mean, you pretty much go to all kinds of places. Yes. It's my mission. Yeah. Everything, every genre. And I always get upset when you post when you're at Uchi because that's like one of my favorite. Every time you post her, I get upset. Like I get angry. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot believe she's going there again without me. And I'm like, not even in this state. Uh, that's so funny. My husband thinks I live there. So, <laughs> I mean, I swear he does know where I do live. Right. But it's like, again, what? you haven't been there enough this week. I'm like, it's not every week. Okay, almost. <laughs> But I mean, they invite me and I'm like, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Sorry. Bye. It's amazing. The the night, if someone whispers Uchi in my <laughs> ear, I'm like, oh, I'm dressed. <laughs> that is so funny. But it's honestly, I feel the exact same way. And they've never invited me. I just feel that way. But you know what happened? So I went there last fall. It was a coworker's birthday. We went and I had been before with some colleagues um, and we had a great time. It was the best you. I have ever had. Mm. And cause I went there and they were like, Oh, Whitney, you know, cause I've been a vegetarian before and you know, that failed, but um, they were like, Whitney, this is, this is really good. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, no, like it melts in your mouth. It's expensive. It tastes like butter in heaven. You need to try it. And I was like, look guys, look, I love butter. I'm down, but like, why are you so excited about this? <laughs> and then I tried it. And it literally melted my mouth. And I was like, oh my God, I think I need to call my mom. I think, I think I've just had an out-of-body experience. And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm dead serious. Because I'm not a steak person, which is so bizarre in Dallas because it's all about meat. In Texas, it's like meat, meat, you got to have steak. And I'm like, yeah, I really just don't care about steak. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't care. But the Wagyu was incredible. So can you tell me about something that you either had an out-of-body experience with or that you were kind of hesitant to try, but then you tried it and it changed your life? Ooh. 
Well, hmm. That is a good question. Um, I, I don't usually hesitate too much to try stuff. Um, I don't eat pork, so I'm not, and I'm not going to, so I don't. <laughs> so there's a, a couple things that I just don't eat because of like um, more of like principal things versus like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't eat that. Um, but um, I'm trying to think of some out-of-body style experiences that I've had recently. <laughs> I really, I really, I mean, I had one of the best burgers of life recently. Um, and that was, that's at Zoli's, which is super weird because that's a pizza place. It's not that weird because um, their chef comes from like, he's burger royalty or meat royalty. But the the um the burger itself is so so good and it's just not what you expect from a pizza joint um and i like people people there i'm like where i'm getting the burger and they're just like i'm sorry what where are we <laughs> and it's like nope nope i know but i'm getting it and you're trying it <laughs> and that's it's just a it's just a good idea there i was right yeah yeah, I mean, it happens. I did that as a kid. My mom would take me to um, a steakhouse and I would get spaghetti and they'd be like, but why? And I'm like, mm, because spaghetti is my favorite and that's why, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, yeah, it sounds very much like a kid having chicken fingers everywhere they go, but mm-hmm. in this case, it's right. It's the right choice. <laughs> yes. And people, I'm just saying, like, people will try to judge <laughs> you for ordering something that's not, like, the main thing there. Because sure. I've done that many times. Because, like I said, I was vegetarian for a bit. And so when I would go out to restaurants and everybody, you know, does eat burgers, most people eat burgers and meat, and I would get, like, something random. Um, and it wouldn't necessarily be the veggie burger. It would be, like, you know, either a spaghetti dish or um, some weird minestrone soup that they had. <laughs> like, are you really, like, did you really leave your house for that? I'm like, yeah, I left my house it's amazing have you tried it and they're like no I'm like okay well then try it shut up till you do <laughs> yeah okay so okay so think about the auto body we can come back to that later mm-hmm. um so one thing that I did want to ask is as the seasons change what do you get excited about in the city and just in general when it comes to food mm. I mean, I hate being super sweaty and hot, so I'm just happy that it's not 100 degrees. Like, as soon as, you know, I just want, I'm one of those people who's, like, getting, I I don't even wear a coat. I'm just so happy to be cool. Um, And then eating warm food and not hating myself later makes me very happy. Um, But, I I mean, I'm not a huge fan. I'll tell you instead something that I don't like. Um, which, because that seems more my style, I do not like fall cocktails. (laughs) Not that I think we should be drinking summer cocktails in the fall, but, um, I don't like all that cinnamon and orange and, uh, cloves and all that shit. I don't want that in my cocktails pretty much ever. Um, even now that I sort of started drinking whiskey and liking it, which is a different story, um. Um, I still don't want any of that fall BS in my cocktails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I do. <laughs> I'm 100% on board with that train. I am not into, and what's weird is I like cinnamon. Like I appreciate it. It's great mm-hmm. on French toast. French toast yeah. without cinnamon is stupid, but in my drink, 
Um, even in my lattes, I'm like, can we, can we like just keep those on food? Maybe, um, I don't want cloves. Um, I like oranges too. It's a great flavor, but yeah, not in the drink, please. I don't want oranges in anything except for an orange. Like, (laughs) like Thanksgiving, people try to put in everything. I actually like searched for a, 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 a cranberry sauce recipe for, a long time that didn't have orange in it or cinnamon or cloves or any of that stuff. And I found the, the world's perfect cranberry sauce um, that starts with caramelized onions basically. And it's amazing. And like everyone should be making that one instead. Um, But I just don't want orange. I don't want orange in anything. Huh? Chocolate. Nope. Nope. (laughs) So Pete's right now has a, has a latte. It's a, what is it called? A dark chocolate orange or something. And I was like, "Mm." I'll take the dark chocolate, but nope. Yeah. I don't like dark chocolate, but yeah, I mean, I feel you. It's certain things just don't work. I personally, it's funny because I was on Twitter a lot over the holidays because I've been getting on Twitter now and a lot of people don't eat certain things. And I just thought that that was like a a regular, like green bean casserole. People are like super against it. And, um, yeah, me too. And, um, uh, what is it? The the cranberry sauce in the can. Like I've always, I grew up on that. And I, yeah, I did too, but I didn't eat it. I loved it. Mm. It was like candy to me. It's sure. Like candy. That's what, cause that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like candy cause it is. <laughs> but I don't understand why people don't like it. So there were so many people like talking shit about um, canned fucking cranberry sauce on, on Twitter. And I was like, dude, chill. Like it's good. Let it live. I'm, I, you don't have to have it, but I'm not eating. Like my mom started making regular like cranberry sauce and we were just like, what is this? What is this? So what you're saying is that arguments over Thanksgiving food are seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are. I just, I just want to make sure everyone knows that I appreciate canned cranberry sauce and, um, okay. uh, and green bean casserole. So, you know, it is what it is. So I, I feel you like we all have our thing. Um, I'm definitely not a pumpkin kind of girl. I just, yeah. yeah. I I like pumpkin. I may not, may not favor a pumpkin spice latte or anything that basic, but I really like pumpkin pie, (laughs) but only a really good one. (laughs) I don't know what makes it good, but I'll know when I taste it. So Emporium Pies in Mm -hmm. Deep Ellum, um, if you're in the Dallas area, obviously swing by, they I think it was last year because I followed them. Again, guys, this goes back to what I said in the beginning. Follow the local people who are doing cool stuff because they will let you know when something's about to pop off. And last year around Thanksgiving, they said, hey, or after Thanksgiving, they were like, hey, we're going to drop this pie. It's new. You got to try it December 3rd. Get ready. And I was like, okay. And I did. And I'm not a big like pie. I like sweet potato pie and that's it. Like I'll eat other pies maybe, but I don't like coconut. I don't like any nuts. So no nuts. I will not eat them. So that kind of cancels out like no nuts in a pie or at all. Ever, ever. I don't want to see them. I don't want to, but I do like the flavor. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I like I like the flavor of hazelnut. I like the flavor of um, even like a walnut. I like the hardiness of it. I just don't want to chew them. Hmm, okay. Yeah, I don't like the texture. But um, so and that mixes out like most pies for me. But they had a holiday pie for the I think for like the December and January month, and it was a like a butter a butter pie or something. I don't remember what it was called. It was incredible. Yeah, I remember and, that. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was good. It was good. There were no nuts. Good. <laughs> it's pretty hard to find a bad pie at Emporium. I'll tell right. you what. 
Yeah. Gotta look really hard and try a lot of pies. <laughs> I love that place. It's so small and, and cozy and you go in and they put ice cream on whatever you want and they have tea, like hot tea. Um, if they had cocktails, I'd probably live there as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I did want to shift a little bit to cocktails. So we've done a lot of food talk. We've talked about deep alum. We've talked about just in general, certain things you like and don't like, but I'm curious about cocktails and where is your kind of go-to? I know you're a mom and a wife and you've got stuff to do, but if you are looking to let your hair down or you just want something nice, where's your kind of go-to or what is your go-to drink? Um, Well, lately I have gotten into whiskey. Like I said, I don't know I hated whiskey forever. Um, it was just like, you know, just too strong, I guess, of a flavor for me. Um, and I just drank, I just would, I just drank like a bitch, I guess. And I just could not, I couldn't do the whiskey. And now all of a sudden I had, I had a really, really good, um, old fashioned at bourbon and banter, bourbon and banter, excuse me, in the Statler hotel, which is in the basement of the Statler and it's a really, really awesome place. If you haven't been there, it mm-hmm. is like a speakeasy. You have to like enter using a special code on a little phone booth. And it's a small little cozy place. They only allow a certain number of people in there. It's not like a stand-up place. You sit down, sit at the bar. And the bartenders are my favorite part. They're so personable. And they like really talk to you and you just want to be their friend or maybe it's just me um but they they have the coolest drinks they're very conceptual and they're old they're old-fashioned has a piece of um sugar that is created to be like a pane of glass at the top of the glass and then you um it comes with a mallet and you use the mallet to break the sugar into the glass and that's the sugar that goes into the cocktail And so as you sit with it and stir it, it gets sweeter and sweeter. And like, I was really honestly just getting it. I was like, hashtag drinking for the Insta. Like I was not going to drink this drink. It was going to be, I I knew it was whiskey and I wasn't going to drink it, but I was like, I want a picture of this drink. And then as I sat there with it and talked to my friend and the bartender, I was just like, okay, maybe I like whiskey now. Is this a thing? And I started making them at home um, for myself. And I just made them just a little bit sweeter than a normal one would. And then it was like, okay, I'm sold. So now I look for whiskey drinks. Um, and I like things like uh, like whiskey cocktails and like a um, raw, uh, ro- Jack Rose, hmm. um, which they have at Bullion. Um and at a couple of other places, I think they have a Jack Rose at Billy Can Can. Um, and Billy Can Can is a great place to get cocktails. They also have great cocktails upstairs from Uchi at Uchiba, mm-hmm. um, where they have a full bar. Um, they have a cocktail there called the um, Bird, some kind of bird. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> and then um, Last night I was at a new a place that I had never heard of that's not new called Republic and we had a media dinner there and they have one of the biggest whiskey selections and bourbon um, selections in town um, and they had some great cocktails and some really, really awesome like whiskeys that you will not find anywhere else. Um, I also really like um, going and trying sort of new whiskeys since I'm getting into it. And I went to a Texas whiskey and Texas Wagyu dinner at 560 a little while back. That was fantastic to get to try um, 
these sort of, they would, we tried some Japanese whiskeys and some Texas whiskeys with different paired, paired with different dishes. And it was fantastic. I bet. Wow. Thanks <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> a lot for that, that type of thing. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. And um, so I will say, you know, everybody. So this is one thing that I learned when I started drinking wine is that mm -hmm. you really can't say that you don't necessarily like something because there is a high probability that somebody makes it the way that you might like it. Yes. So when I started trying wine, right, there's a ton of varietals, but when I started trying wine, I was like, uh, Merlot, gross, not interested. And then, and as it was, I had one that was so bad and the, and like the owner of the vineyard was right in front of me. And I was like, I need to spit this out. And oh. then I tried one later and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So after that happened multiple times, it happened with Chardonnay. It happened with, um, I think gin. Um, it happened a few times. I was like, you know what? We're done. I'm not going to say I don't like X, Y, and Z anymore, especially when it comes to wine, because chances are there's a good one. And I learned about wine in Virginia and I learned about um, beer in San Diego because when I went to San Diego, the wine country was like hella far. You had to go like an hour if you wanted to go to a winery, which in Virginia, I could just drive 10 minutes and be at a winery. And right. so I learned about beer because that's what everybody was doing. And the same thing I learned when you go and you taste and you're there with people who are knowledgeable, they will teach you about, you know, the IBUs, which is not the same as the ABV. And so the IBU is the hoppiness level. And then I felt like a beer sample. I was like, I like this. So you know where your number was. But even when I knew that that like when the hoppiness level was at like a 45 or whatever, I kind of didn't like them anymore. There was still always going to be a beer that would be like IBU 70 and it was amazing. So mm. I think it's always important to kind of gauge that just for people who are listening. If you're like, eh, I don't like that, then, mm -hmm. you know, you, you might like, you might later, you might. Yeah, later. Absolutely. You never know. It took me a lot of years to like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah, it's an acquired, I think most, most shit is acquired, but when I went to, I didn't like whiskey either. I'm with you at all. Like I don't drink Brown at all. Not interested okay. unless it's in like a really good cocktail. Right. Same. I had a client in Nashville or yeah, it was Nashville. Um, and I went and I was like, okay, I'm here and everybody there drinks whiskey. And I was like, okay, I don't get it. And they're like, no, like it's a thing. And I was like, okay. And so one night I was at this fancy hotel. I went to the bar. It was kind of empty at happy hour. And the guy poured me a ton of different whiskeys. And he's like, we're going to do a tasting. And I was like, I'm here for this. And it was totally okay. free. I'm here for it. And he did. He let me try and he told me. And so then I felt better or at least more comfortable being like, I hate this because of this reason. Right. Um, but then I also found him that I liked. And I was like, you know what? I could try this, especially if it were in a cocktail. So I applaud you for trying something new, not only trying it, but for like figuring out what it is within it that you like. Absolutely. I think that's important. Um, okay, cool. So the last thing that I want to talk about, um, or there's two more things I want to talk about. The second to last thing is what you have kind of prepared for 2019. I know you mentioned your blog is going to be changing a bit or you've got some ideas for that. Um, but what are you excited about for the new year? Um, well, um, I've been doing lots of different side projects and I'm, I'm excited to sort of get them, um, moving along and doing more of that. Um, so like I said about influencer marketing and putting together events for different restaurants, I've been doing that. Um, 
I have sort of a solid list of the influencers that I think in town are the best at what they do and are the most sort of honest and create good quality content um, and who have real influence. And that is sort of my list is small but curated (laughs) in that way. And so when people ask me to host events for them, I have a really good list of quality people to, um, to attend. So I've been doing that. Um, and then with the really honestly with the blog is what I'm most excited about because I'm sort of, I've, a blog is such a chore for most people. And definitely for me, even though I'm a writer and I don't have a problem writing, it's just, it's still a chore. So what I tried to do was just change what I do with my website to make it not be a chore. Um, Like Instagram is fun to post to me. It's sharing is fun that way. And it's more visual and it's shorter and it's just, it's just more fun. And I wanted to see if there was a way that I could do that with my blog and make it not be a chore. And so that I would actually want to do it. I wouldn't get behind and I wouldn't sort of have that overwhelming, like feel of feeling a failure all the time. <laughs> um, so uh, changing the blog completely from a, um, a like, this is new. So let me write about this. Then this is new. So let me write about this um, format to a more um, user-focused, um, searchable database that helps people find what they need when they need it and what they're looking for um, is really my goal for the new year. Hala, I love that. I love it. So this the last thing that I actually wanted to talk about, you kind of touched on um, very, very, very lightly, but you mentioned that you're coming up with a list of influencers and um, basically compiling you know, a group, a network, so to speak. And I want to talk about how you're doing that and really um, what your techniques are, um, how you're leveraging these folks and really how you build rapport and and relationships with people because it's way more fun, obviously, to have people in the industry that you know, right? Than to just be like this solo person. Um, So how are you doing that? Um, well, so, I mean, we all, we all go to a lot of the same events and we become friends and we see how each other sort of, we learn from each other. We learn tricks of the trade and stuff like that. Um, and there's certain, there's certain people that I feel like, um, like I enjoy eating with, I enjoy working with, and there's, um, people that I don't. And so, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of selfish, but at the same time, I think what I'm doing is sort of a service to the people that I work with as far as clients um, by um, curating a list of who I think are the cream of the crop um, influencers. Um, just because I've been doing this for like the longest um, and I feel like I can be old and bitchy and crotchety about it, I can be like, um, okay, these these people have too many followers for their engagement. Something's not right there from like a, uh, they've bought some people or some likes or there's something not quite right there. Okay. These people have great quality photos, but no engagement. Well, they I'll watch them and I'll see if I have a feeling they'll come up. We'll see. Okay. Keep them on the back burner. Um, these people are obviously involved in several pods (laughs) and you can just tell by looking. So I just sort of have a lot of different um, yardsticks that I compare things on. I want quality content. I want easy to work with. I want um, like reliable um, 
And I want people who um, understand the, the big, the biggest thing is people who understand their role in helping the business that we're all sort of there to support. So they understand that they're not there just to um, get a good meal and take some cute pics and take pics of them and in front of the sign or show that they can go wherever it's about helping people find that restaurant or that place Mm -hmm. um, so that the restaurant can um, do better. So they like influencers have a part in the marketing mix. And I think that's the part that makes me understand. I I understand that because I have a marketing background and -hmm. I think a lot of influencers that just sort of show up for the food don't necessarily understand their place in the, in the marketing mix. So I think that's a big part of why I choose who I choose. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. You want people with integrity and mm-hmm. who get the, who get the real reason, right? The reason behind the season, because yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people are out there going, you know, Hey, look what I can do. Look who, look who wants me around. It's, it's more right. self, what is it? Self, yeah. self-reassurance or self-validating or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of not the point, right? I mean, you wouldn't do that at like a charity gala, right? You yeah. wouldn't do that at some sort of fundraising event, but people do it for, you know, restaurant openings and stuff like that. So you want to keep it real, but like really or you real. can do that, but then you're not going to necessarily be an, the kind of influencer that I would want to bring with me. Sure. Like you can still have influence and do that, or you can still absolutely do that and have a super fun time on Instagram. Absolutely. But that's just not what I'm looking for. Gotcha. So it makes sense. I think, um, so I was trying to figure out how to relate that to, you know, a a regular sort of person, whether they're working a nine to five or not. Um, And I think the way to relate that is just with integrity, you know, people who have integrity, people who are, you know, about something more than themselves. Nobody wants to be around somebody who is um, super self-absorbed. We just don't want that. You don't want to be with somebody who's always on their phone or who always talking about like the hottest celebrity news. Like you just don't, you want people to value in your social circles and you want to surround yourself with people who you like spending your time with. Um, And that's something to look into when you're building a network because people Mm -hmm. who make you feel icky are not people that you want to spend, even if they have 80,000 followers on the gram and you know what I mean? Or have the hookup somewhere. Um, It's just really important to remember. So um, I love that. I love that tip. So Okay. So those are your goals for 2019. I am excited about the blog. I also want to talk more later offline about how you're making the blog more sort of user-friendly and more fun just in general, because um, I think blogs and websites and social media are great places to go for data and for information. And that's super crucial. So 2019 is going to be a good year. Yes. Yes. From your mouth to God's ears. Okay. So the next time I'm in Dallas, we'll definitely have to get together. Um, I, I'm so I've, I've actually thought about doing, cause I love cafes and I thought about doing like a separate Instagram with all of my like cafe adventures. Um, because I love, I love a good, la- I love a good latte more than I love a good night's rest. Um, <laughs> well, you need one without the other. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, but I think it's fun to do that. And Dallas is a great beautiful place to explore. Um, so if you're in the Dallas area, definitely go check out some of these recommended restaurants. And what's cool about Ask Food Bitches page is that 
if there is a new place opening, like if you feel like, oh, I've tried everything in Dallas, hey, there's nothing new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's wrong because these menus are changing. There's a lot of seasonal restaurants, which I love. Don't you love the seasonal restaurants? Yes. New menus, new stuff to try. It's great. I mean, I love my, my favorites, like my go-tos, because I'm that person who orders like the same shit almost every time. Um, I've, I try to go away from that, but that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but this seasonal, really, it really helps to kind of keep things on rotation. So um, any other last bits of information or words of advice or wisdom or food stuff, anything that I forgot? I don't know. Just don't, you know, don't waste your meal. <laughs> that's my advice. Don't waste your meal. Mm, yeah. Don't, don't waste, waste your meal. <laughs> <laughs> don't be disappointed. <laughs> I feel that. I will put that in the show notes as your <laughs> takeaway. If you take nothing away, take that. Um, and any other links that um, Ask Food Bish has for just her blog, for her social media, if you want to follow her and see her adventures. Um, are you still on Twitter quite a bit? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So your, what is your Twitter handle? It's Food Bitch. Okay at food bitch on Twitter. Um, and yeah, are you on any other social media? Did I forget? Yeah, I've got Pinterest. It's also food bitch. Um, what else? Yeah. Facebook is actually, um, Udfe Ichbe. That's pig Latin for those of you who don't speak it because Facebook is a prude and wouldn't let me put bitch in my handle. <laughs> oh I was wondering, I was oh waiting God, for you to say so it. much trouble with, with Facebook and Instagram. I can't like, I can't buy, I can't buy ads. It's all just, it's a joke anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I think it's great. So you guys make sure you follow her. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show and for entertaining this super oh, thank kind you. of, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but I love it. I love it so much. So <laughs> thank you guys for listening make sure you're subscribed to the podcast at network and spill on IG and my personal Instagram, um, Whitney Danielle coaching. So we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.